You already know that Illegal Pete's makes delicious, mission-style Mexican food. But did you know that Illegal Pete's uses its marketing funds to support Colorado creative talent that we love? We support the Denver Diatribe Podcast, the Grolix Comedy Showcase, Rocky Mountain Roller Girls, the Yellow Designs BMX Stunt Team, Apex Movement Parkour Team, the Underground Music Showcase, and more. We even have our own record label, The Greater Than Collective, with albums by The Epilogues, Snake Rattle Rattle Snake, Esme Patterson, Ian Cook, and comedian Ben Roy, and a starving artist program that feeds out-of-town bands traveling in Colorado for free. Illegal Pete's. We're more than just a restaurant. So, let us put our food and music and comedy and sports inside you. Please. Please. Denver, Denver, I'm from Denver, 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 Hello and welcome to the Denver Diatribe, a weekly podcast of news, culture, and stuff as it pertains to Denver, Colorado. Not home of the Stanley Hotel, but close enough. I'm Vanessa Martinez. Joining co-host Josh Johnson and I this week are Jenny Bloom and Landon Zakheim, here to give us the lowdown on the inaugural Stanley Film Festival, which is coming up May 2nd through May 5th at the very scary and allegedly haunted Stanley Hotel in Estes Park. Landon, the festival's programming director, is visiting Denver this week from Los Angeles, And if you were a Diatribe listener in 2011, you may remember Jenny from Our Stars Film Festival preview. She is, among many things, the Stanley Film Festival director and co-founder of Denver's Real Social Club. Links to both can be found in the post for this episode on our website, denverdiatribe.com. There's a chance you don't dig horror as much as we do, and that's fine. But it's unlikely you'll be able to fully escape the buzz I suspect we'll be generating around this festival. First, here's Jenny explaining how the idea for the Stanley Film Festival took root. John Cullen, he is the president of the Grand Heritage Hotel Group that owns the Stanley Hotel, amongst about 30 other properties around the world. He, you know, obviously the hotel has such a strong influence in Hollywood with The Shining and Dumb and Dumber that I think people were always just like, you need to do something here. You need to do something here. And John obviously wanted to do some sort of film event at the hotel. He got connected with Donald Zuckerman, who is our Colorado Film Commissioner. And I think Donald planted the idea about a film festival and, you know, how it'd be a great idea for people you know, for the state of Colorado as a whole, brings people to Estes. And then I used to do PR on the film initiative. We spoke about that before. And so Donald brought me into the mix. So that was a, we took a meeting in November. We started working in December and now the festival's in May. So it all happened very quickly. Um, Landon, I think came on in January officially, um, as well as everybody else on the team. Some of them also started in December, but for the most part, we have a small group, and everybody is just, like, working super, super hard on pulling this off in five months, which is kind of crazy. Did they know for sure that they wanted to do horror? Did they come to you with this idea of horror festival, or was it just any film it was, No, it was definitely horror. I mean, they do a Shining Ball once a year there that brings out thousands of people. They showed the Shining on the lawn, and 3,000 people came out. I mean, year-round, they sell most more ghost tours than, I think, rooms. 
So it's people flock there for the paranormal activity component of it. You are the festival director, Jenny. Yeah. Landon, you're the programming director. Yep. Um, does that mean that you're going to be picking everything that, that we see? That means I, uh, yeah, it means I watch the movies. I've been looking at a lot of horror movies in the last uh, two months. There's another um, programmer who's based out of New York who uh, has been watching stuff as well. And then between us and Jenny, we will have the full program which is going to be about, I'd say, 16 to 18 new horror films from the last year or so, and uh, a couple of classic screenings as well, and two shorts programs. And this is over four days? Yeah. Four days of horror. Yeah. We'll start on Thursday night. We'll end on Sunday night. Uh, we're working really hard to bring a lot of uh, diversity of horror within that genre, so... You know, one thing I've learned more than anything in the last few months is that uh, horror has a lot of definitions, and what people consider horror um, varies. So we're trying to throw people a little bit of everything, especially in this first year, um, just to give people a lot of options of different types of horror, and hopefully we'll inspire some debate and conversation, and, you know, some people may think, oh... Uh, you know, there may be a couple of movies where some people think, oh, why is that in the festival? This isn't quite horror. And then somebody else hopefully will go, no, this is definitely horror. That other film you loved wasn't horror. And then, you know, hopefully we can inspire some conversation about that. So not all uh, horror is, has blood splatter? Yeah. Or is that one yeah. of the, you know, yeah, well, common I was threads? Ask you is there a I, single common thread? I would thread? say mo- most things, mo- most of what we'll show has blood splatter. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Almost, almost everything has blood splatter. Right. I, I, yeah, I'd say that's a But a scary genre. psychological thriller? I mean, the psychological right. movies can sometimes not have any blood, and you're, like, freaked. Yeah, the fuck no, out. absolutely. And then, you know, it goes back. I try to think, you know, now uh, I've been doing festival programming for about six years now. Trying to think back now that, I, now that we're working on just a genre a very specific genre-based festival, you know, would movies that came out when I was a kid, like, would we program Silence of the Lambs in this festival? And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, would we or, or, or wouldn't we? That's not a classic horror film, but it's certainly a scary film. And mm-hmm. when you're playing something like 20 movies, does that then, if you're seeing five movies in a day, is that a welcome break from two zombie movies or, or something to that effect? Most festivals do open submissions. Uh, we do. We are an entirely curated festival, so we have not done open submissions this year. That may change in future years. Um, for a number of reasons, it just made more uh, logical sense to just go for kind of festival-approved good movies. Um without having the time to seep through. We just didn't have the time to seep yeah, through. Yeah, I was just going to say, it sounds like the timeline, the timeline wouldn't give you... Yeah. Um, yeah. We do, I mean, we definitely want to make room for discovery in the future, so we'll open it up so we can see new work. Um, but, yeah, generally speaking, um, you have an idea of things you'd like to be able to show, but at the end of the day, you're just trying to show the best movies that you can get because you want, you want to stand behind every film that's in the festival. Uh, but, yeah, there is... There's a conscious idea of having diversity of region, diversity of storytellers, diversity of storytelling. Um, you know, even though we're uh, going to be playing a lot of American films in this festival, for example, we want to make sure that we have some regional representation from other countries um, too. So we've been looking, we've been looking at different regions of the world to try to make sure we have some kind of representation if we can. Do what other regions have? Uh Massive output of horror. I mean, Italy. I think Italy. Asia? It- Italy. Korea? Asia, for sure. Uh, yeah, South Korea and Japan uh, uh, absolutely have strong horror outputs. Um, Spain, actually, and uh, and then and Latin America in general turn out a lot of horror 
Um, and then, oddly enough, we 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 tend to find a few in Scandinavia, uh, like <laughs> Norway, Sweden. They they tend to gravitate towards the creepy. Yeah, the let the right one me, in. That doesn't surprise me too much. I guess like the, even like the girl with the dragon head. Like all of those, those I guess fall more into like. Th- yeah, that, more that's more of a straight up thriller. But it's yeah. the Viking, yeah. the good. Viking bloodthirst. Yeah, is what it is. Latent oh. Viking. Yeah, it seems you know cultures that have a long history of believing in spirits. I think yeah. tend to have more of a genre uh, output. What are the big conversations in horror right now? Because it seems to be such you know you see all this horror TV, which I also love. But like Bates Motel just started, American yeah. Horror Story, which I love. All of these, you know, obviously Walking Dead. Um, but are there what are what are some of the controversial discussions or are there any? Sure. I mean, I think there's there's some there's definitely a few. I mean, it's just funny you mentioned a bunch of TV shows because that's a greater discussion in terms of independent film in general, where the idea that quality TV has quality has moved to TV uh, in a way that there's more freedom of storytelling that's been embraced than in film. And, uh, you know, somebody recently who, who told me that if they had been grow- a teenager now, like when they were a teenager in the 90s and during a big independent film boom, and so they grew up wanting to be, you know, a, an art house film director. You know, the, 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 this was the days when David O. Russell and P.T. Anderson and Quentin Tarantino, et cetera, came, like, came of age. And now they, uh, they were saying, you know, if I was a, in high school right now, I'd probably want to grow up and be a showrunner. And I didn't even know what that word was when I was in high school. And so that's an interesting trend in general. That just that's outside of horror. I mean, within horror, there's there's definitely the the remake battle. I think rages on. Uh, are all remakes worthless? Are remakes you know meaningful? Should movies be remade? And you know, films continue to be remade. Horror films continue to be remade. Uh, I think more frequently, uh, with varying success. Um, you know, and there's some people that are very adamantly against horror remakes of any kind. Then there's some people that are willing to go in with an open mind. Um, and I think that one really, personally speaking, I think that one varies from project to project. I, I've, uh, I've seen the new evil dead that's coming out next week. Um, how is it? And I, no, I actually, I like it. Um, it's not, it's, it took all of, it sucked all of the humor out. And so it's this very serious movie, but the gore is so intense that it becomes its own idea. You know, Evil Dead ha- always had very um, deliberately laughable right. gore. Um, this is very amped up, state of the art, uh, like smartly directed gore. But it's it's very very gory. I'm I'm yeah. I'm, I'm actually glad that that's that's the case because when you see the previews, it looks like oh this one's going to be scary. And how do you do an Evil Dead better after Cabin in the Woods? Is what I'm thinking. Right, that was exactly. so good and so hilarious. Um, no, this is very much it, it, it's very throwback. It's very much a throwback. I think you know personally speaking, I think it's just it's you're there waiting for the scary moments it's just it, it, it's a movie that knows what it is and is just and is just trying to keep you um guessing at how people are gonna die i think uh, i think we're dancing around the idea that horror movies can be crap and yeah. still be fun yeah it's like rom-com's the other one that gets away with this right mm-hmm. like it can be totally unbelievable terrible acting like the effects that are sometimes so bad yeah that is that's part of it is how crappy it is, right? Yeah, I mean horror. We tends tolerate to more with this genre than we do other genres. It tends to turn out a lot of uh, repetition, a lot of low budget, and so it's easy to replicate. And people can know that they can make money off of that, right. so it is replicated a lot. Right. 
For the most part, I think all of our films will be having a Colorado premiere. Uh, just about, yeah. Jenny, tell us a little bit about some of the um, packages that you're offering here. We only have about 130 rooms that we're selling because we need to save a few of a handful for filmmakers and, uh, you know, staff. But so we're, you know, the hotel's available. We're doing passes and packages. We have three different pass levels. Um, you can experience the festival for as little as a ticket. Um, we're having $10 tickets for any of the films. Opening and closing will be at a higher price level. Um, and that also comes with the party. But, um, so the package starts at 80 bucks. That's the, the uh, slasher pass, and it gets you into all the regular films. That was a really fun day coming up with these I bet. Levels. I bet. <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear the rest of them. And they all have... If you're starting the lowest price, is slasher? Yeah, slashing the price. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so that's Wasn't 80. over my head. <laughs> so that'll be 80 bucks, and that gets you all into all of our fi- regular films, um, you know, for the most of what we're programming. And panels as well. The next level is the paranormal pass for 217. Yes. Um, for, you know, the room that Stephen King stayed in while he was writing The Shining. So that gets you into a few of the parties and the hospitality lounge that we'll have for three days with open bar and food. And then we have the thriller pass that is <laughs> 400, and that gets you into the entire festival. We also are doing a whiskey tasting, which is really cool. The Stanley Hotel has the largest whiskey selection in Colorado. Which is wow. interesting. I had no idea. I, I didn't know. either. They have a program called Whiskey U, and they give out diplomas when you graduate from Whiskey University. Yeah. For drinking them all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're, not, you don't, you're no longer married. You don't have a job. <laughs> yeah. But you have a diploma. But you have a diploma <laughs> from Whiskey U. <laughs> a real thing. <laughs> it is a real thing. We need to work on how we're going to give those diplomas out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so that'll be, that's the one event where you have to have a, one of the upper level passes to attend. So we're really excited. We've been working on these special events and, you know. um, We've got the the brunch as well. Yeah, we're doing a Bloody Mary Awards brunch. So Unlimited Bloodies. And we're going to be doing audience awards for our feature and short. So we'll announce them at the brunch as well. We're going to be utilizing a a parking space outside of the Stanley Hotel because we definitely cannot fit all those cars. So it'll be at the fairgrounds. And then, which is also cool, we worked out a deal with the Real Mountain Theater. So we're going to be, and it's, 0.3 0.3 miles away in the Stanley Village, so it's all on the campus for the most part. Um, so we'll have a shuttle running from the parking structure to the movie theater to the hotel. Um, so we'll have two houses over there, and then the concert hall, if you're familiar with the hotel, it's the big, beautiful venue that we're completely turning into a black hole movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> we're spending a lot to make it beautiful, a beautiful place to watch a movie. So, um, And then we're doing a couple of uh, other... Um, live-based events that may end up in other rooms in the hotel as well. So there's a few surprises. Uh, We really want to emphasize the fact that, you know, it's not just watching horror movies. It's also watching horror movies in a site-specific location that hopefully will amplify what's on screen and sort of involve more of your senses. Um, so we it's think an experience. Was, yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely an experiential festival. Um, I think that's the draw. I think that's why we're able to get some of the films that we'll be able to show. Uh, is because I think filmmakers, especially horror filmmakers, are really excited about the idea of showing at the Stanley. I think people really want to spend the weekend running around a haunted mansion. Fuck yeah! <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I I had a visitor in town, and so of course you're up at Estes when you know, when you get out of state yeah. people, family comes in. And everybody always wants to see the Stanleys. We drive by the Stanley. I, I actually think that of all the places I've heard, it has the most. I've heard the most legitimate ghost stories from there. 
It does. Like I've, of people that I know that have stayed there and had something happen. It's when you, I mean you hear ghost stories and you're like call bullshit most of the time, but yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't a believer until I really spent a lot of time up at that hotel. Right. And we did. There's this woman there. Her name's Scary Mary. She runs all the ghost <laughs> tours. She's amazing. Yeah. She needs her own show. <laughs> but um, we did. There was a couple staff, and she did this, like, secret seance with us in one of the rooms at midnight. And mm. we all sit in a circle singing Ring Around the Rosie, and we're waking up the spirit children. And I, I was the person who moved the Ouija board. I was like that asshole and never believed in this stuff. Right. And my hand was literally moving up. I was so freaked out. I am 100% all in on the paranormal oh, ghost God. activity that's going on at the hotel. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And last time I was out there for lunch, this woman came into the restaurant and her hair was on top of her head. She had just seen a ghost and was so freaked out that it just, you couldn't help but, you know, believe in whatever the hell she had just seen. wonder what the ghosts will think of all these horror films. I know. Yeah. Maybe they're all Puritans. Just because they're ghosts doesn't mean that they're into horror. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. true. <laughs> they could get pissed. And we're, yeah, they could. I mean, we're, our you know, flagship theater is in the concert hall, which I was recently told is the most haunted area oh, really? of the hotel. Oh, really? It's a gathering showing, space. Yeah, we're showing films in the epicenter. Right. It uh, is really spooky. If you happen to be the last one there closing that place down, it's going to be a little freaky. The basement ba- men's bathroom at the uh, Oxford hotel here yes yeah downtown mm-hmm. you can w- walk into the lobby go to the right go downstairs you can use it when you're just walking around downtown but uh freaks me the fuck out it's what? like it's it's i'm I, you know nothing's happened but it's very haunted in that in that bathroom they've said and the oxford itself is a little ghostly I love it. I love it. I love it. But I'm telling you, it's one of these spaces in the world where when you're (laughs) pissing, you're like, something's not right in this room. Our opening night and closing night events will be really cool. That's going to be in the McGregor room, also a haunted venue at the hotel. Um, So, yeah, we're just going to, you know, they'll all be open bar and delicious food and good vibes. And we're looking, you know, to bring out as many kind of – What's the word we're looking for? Like oddities. Thank you. <laughs> I was like freaks. Um, <laughs> oddities to you know, as on top of you know, just the obvious party things that we're going to do. Yeah, so. we, we want this hotel to be full of uh, secrets that you can discover. Um, so there'll be some things will be very obvious, but some things hopefully will be very hidden as well. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Are there any other horror festivals? There are. There used to be a Denver one, right? Like that was it's, just sort yeah, of smaller no, and here. local. The Mile High Horror Film Festival. Right, that's right. a big festival, very popular. I mean, yeah, there's plenty of genre festivals, uh, uh, you know, around the world uh, as well. I mean, there's uh, uh, Citrus uh, in Spain. Um, there's Fantasia Fest in uh, in um, Canada, mm-hmm. uh, in Montreal. There's a uh, a festival called Pifan in South Korea. And so we actually were looking at all of those to look at some of their uh, uh, horror movies yeah. as well. Um, and then uh, Fantastic Fest out in Austin has been um, a really, in the last few years, has really come in to its own and become this very big destination uh, genre festival. Um, our other uh programmer is a programmer for that festival as well so we've been able to pull some titles in are they, there are they the folks that did the location um showing of texas chainsaw massacre at um, the house they very well might have that uh fantasy fest is put on by uh by the draft house 
uh, yeah. which I believe just also opened up a location. Opening up in Denver. Out, yeah. Alamo. Fantastic. And they have their fingers in a lot of pies because they release films now as well. And they, um, they also have done a lot of site-specific screenings in the last uh, several years. So chances are, right? I, if I they didn't saw, do that specifically, they've done something. Similar. Yeah, I saw photos. I had a friend that went to it and saw photos of it on Facebook. It looked like a good time. I feel like I saw that too. Yeah. So um, did you see that doc about Fantastic Fest? That was good. It was, it was like a thirty-minute doc about, about the festival. just about Fantastic Fest. Yeah, no, it was just with all the stuff. Turning the camera on themselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was cool and how they got their inspiration from such as. Oh, yeah. um, oh, that sounds great. Yeah. So, like, look for what's it called? Fant- I don't remember. Fant- Fant- oh, the what that does. What the doc is called. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can send it around and we can tweet it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'd like to watch, I like 30 minute docs. I yeah. just watched Six Days to Air again. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's time. Well, you see, we're going to have, we, we have some very interesting uh, shorts in the mix as well. Um, so, I would, that's something I would want to drive people to because shorts tend to be something. That can only be experienced at film festivals. Uh, there are very little avenues left to see um, curated short films. I, you mean you can watch a lot online, but it's hard to find somewhere where you're directed to go um, to watch festival quality short films. And so we're gonna have, you know, we're gonna have romances, comedies, really gross shorts, um, uh, psychological shorts. Like there, we, we've got very strong shorts that we'll be showing. And there's. Th- that's something I'd want people to see because there, there's very little way to see those programs outside of this festival. It's like Spike and Mike's, remember? Yeah, I remember Spike I and Mike's. I love Spike and Mike's. They yeah. come around once a year. What are let's let's review some of the main types of horror or what people oh uh, what people are talking about. Yeah, yeah, another one I think found footage is a big thing. I remember when um, like found footage was a term that applied to documentaries only. Um, and now it's been uh, it's sort of been taken in by the horror world, and uh, you know at one point it was very exciting, and now it's become so common it's from that the it very Blair, Blair Witch. Yeah, Blair Witch was Blair Witch the first. It's it, it, it kind of it was like yeah. the first mainstream, yeah. the first one in people's memory. I think it's fun. It's it's uh, like I know the inter- internet existed, but it was still so new. Like I don't think you could get away it took with a mythology 10 minutes of to Blair load Witch. a picture. Yeah. on a website. <laughs> I don't That's think you'd be able to get away with Blair Witch. Which now, I mean, because part of it was right. they were able go to, to sort of perceive that myth. That there were that people that believed real, it. Yeah. I'm sure there's people that believe it today still, even with the internet. Well, but they're dumb. I still well, want no, I mean, I to put rocks on level. people's doors at the hotel. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, I think if you go back to, you think about, I mean, could you have thought maybe like Faces of Death was kind of a precursor. Faces to, of Death was wrong. It's not really wrong. found, but it's like, and it's not. But oh, right, because like it that, came out that that was staged, right? Yeah. 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 What, all the Faces of Death were staged? I th- I've read that, but I don't know. Bud Dwyer wasn't I, staged. I, can't, I, cannot, I cannot confirm that. Yeah. The, <laughs> I had an unfortunate experience of watching a, the Bud Dwyer tape when I was, uh, you remember this? No. remember that. Was he the guy who... The Philadelphia politician who, like, a scandal broke, and he announced a press conference, and during the press conference on live TV, blew his head off. Oh, my God. And a a buddy of mine had the tape, and I was like, oh, that's... And I was like, you know, 19. That sounds like something I needed to see. And then it's one of those things that you just can't unsee. And then other people wanted to see it, and I was like, you don't want to. I kind of want to see it. It's a huge thing. The the amount of blood. So so what I learned from that Bud Dwyer tape is is that when you see blood running in a horror film, it's always under the amount that it actually flows and how fast. 
You know, you think, oh, my God, it's like exaggerating that that blood's flowing. But no, oh. like a river. Wow. I think. <laughs> all right. So my <laughs> this just got really like a, it's a horror conversation. If we don't go there at some point, <laughs> yeah, r- yeah. flowing blood. Um, Anything, obviously, you know, film fans are, are like universal. And I don't want to pigeonhole a kind of demographic here, but it seems to me that horror might appeal to uh, a whole different sort of people yeah. that maybe not wouldn't traditionally go to film festivals like i'm thinking comic book fans yeah oh yeah you know? for sure and we and we have stuff that will very much appeal to comic book fans right um and uh but yeah it, it's it seems like you know of the few different types of horror there's it it does seem to sort of become this idea where there are films you go to to be confronted with ideas and there's films you go to to escape those ideas and what mm-hmm. happens in those movies are can be very similar like you know the most over-the-top, grossest, craziest kills are usually in the fun movies, you know. Right, right. Uh, but then, you know, then you can go to then then you can go to these films where it's very realistic scares that right. are really meant to get at the heart of what terrifies you. You know, the be- I, I think my favorite definition of horror that I've heard uh, in the last few months is um, somebody saying essentially it doesn't. All the other outside ideas don't matter. It's a horror film as long as it's dealing with the consequence. If people are haunted by their past, then it's a horror film. And I liked that idea. Um, and so as I go back uh, and, and look at movies again with that in mind, it's funny now what qualifies as horror to me and what doesn't. If somebody's being punished or haunted by actions from the past um, – then that this particular person qualifies that movie as horror. Has watching a lot of horror movies had any kind of impact on you? Yeah, do you have yeah. impulses? Yeah. Yeah. Nightmares yeah. or like, do you no, get scared? I, um, <laughs> I, yeah, if it's Turn good, the lights off. if that's I actually it. get scared, then I feel like that's a, a, a good reason to want to play the movie. Um, because <laughs> if, if, I, if, it's the, yeah, if it's the 10th horror movie in a weekend and it is um, – and this thing has now inspired me to be terrified of something, then that means it's going to scare the shit out of so many other people who are just seeing this. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get freaked the fuck out. I do, too. I don't <laughs> usually watch this many horror films, and I'm like, Landon, this is so scary. This is so scary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I fucking yeah. jumped. <laughs> I like text him, like, I can't believe this is happening. This, but um, I can't watch horror in, in my house until my girlfriend goes to sleep because she gets scared. Oh, yeah. well, Which I, I see as a – so people that can't watch horror, there's a whole – I think they have the most wonderful imaginations. Because I, when I watch it, I'm like, so – I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, really? I want to be entertained. I will get scared. Yeah, you can get. But then I leave it in the movie. You know what I mean? And if I'm if I hear a bump in the house, I'm not all of a sudden frightened. But Amy, my girlfriend, would be. So it's I see that as she her imagination allows this movie to exist in some place that's beyond you know the DVD. Yeah, there there was no I, I get that. There was a film uh, I watched very recently. Um, and I, and my, my girlfriend's a good barometer as well. And I, I felt it, you know, it was more of a, uh, like a fun, a, a very tense thriller right. and then found out that she had, couldn't go to sleep and then had nightmares right. and I was like, Oh, maybe I should rethink this. Is this a, it's a child's like imagination, you know? not yeah. child's like maybe, but it's, I see that as imaginative. You know, I think it's interesting that you say that because I still get really, I was exposed to horror at a, a too early and wrong. My cousins who used to babysit for me thought it was funny. To you know, get yeah. the kids scared, and they would do all Me kinds too. of things I to make them scared. Me too. I saw them way too young as There's well. There's a lot of ritualistic 
thing. Well, it's also the same way I think kids go to camp, and right. you know, you, you'll hear some legend, some camp legend, and even kids who get older and then find out that it's fake will then still perpetuate that to the younger kids because they feel like it's a sense of duty. Sure, it becomes a storytelling story myth. Yeah. Yeah. It was the rose on your bunk bed. Did you ever hear that one? No. Oh, that know. was intense. Ooh, that sounds like a good one. <laughs> and then, of course, everybody was putting roses all over everyone's bunk beds. <laughs> but that was a scary story. If you had a rose on your bunk bed, you were going to die that night. Yeah. Oh. I start out every horror movie, even the worst remakes that you know are going to be awful. I start out scared. I do a lot of... Okay. <laughs> yeah. covering, covering my eyes, eyes. and yeah, looking yeah. through or like closing my fist I'm especially bad with a very large screen so if I'm in the movie theater watching something it's I mean I'll, I will scream out loud I think the scariest the you movie, the, the movie the we, should have, we should have like a panic room at the festival <laughs> you should that'd be funny just a calm, go a calm down room yeah, yeah like a cool down right oh, that and you could awesome. play smurfs on the on the <laughs> <open there. laughs> that might be too smurfs can be scary smurf i yeah, guess I yeah like gargamel gargamel the scariest movie the movie that scared me more than any other movie in my life i don't think is horror genre and it's what is it? mommy dearest oh yeah i mean it was a terrible when I, I saw it many times when i was a kid and it really really affected me i mean me. no in many ways it is a horror it's a it, horrifying it is film. it's a horrifying experience you know, that's definitely one of those line blurring movies you know uh, thinking in terms of, of festivals like Something like that would be a very interesting film to program and put mm-hmm. in that context because it will actually terrify people. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, there is – it's interesting what people are scared of. There is actually um, – have you heard of the film Room 237, which is uh, yes. uh, coming out, uh, I think, this week? Um, that's about fanatics who are obsessed with The Shining. That director, Rodney Asher, made a short film a couple of years ago, ago which is online now, so you can – I would – definitely suggest searching for this film it's called the s from hell and it is in the same vein as room 237 it's a documentary that examines uh people who grew up and this is true people who grew up and were scared of the old screen gems logo that uh was that played after bewitched and the flintstones and the monkeys and this screen gems logo terrified people and so he's made a documentary about that about how about the people who have been affected and just couldn't stand watching this screen, this Screen Gems logo. Oh my god! And it's it's ten, it's only ten minutes long. It's exactly in the same style as Room Two Thirty Seven, um, and yeah, it's online now. There so was, you should definitely check that, that out. But phenomenal. it's these people were terrified by this logo. It was known as the S from Hell. Awesome. Well, thanks for yeah, thanks for having us. Awesome. Can't wait fun. for the festival. Yeah, totally. come come out. We're doing cool stuff. All right, let's give some love and hate. Josh, would you? Uh, I'm gonna us off? hate on the uh, spire and and not the not the apartment complex, but there's the Four Seasons, which is in the same vicinity downtown Denver here, and it has what I can only describe on the top of it as is a spire. It's it's it's, <laughs> a, it's like a, I'm thinking maybe spear. I'm not sure I'm using this word right, but it's a pointy pointy pole. Very high in the air, like we on the top. We need to be taking a picture of you on right the t- now. Yeah, trying <laughs> to do pointy pole motions. It's like the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. <laughs> on the top of the Four Seasons. And then I confuse, and it's, I think it's very common to confuse that building as the spire, which doesn't have something that looks like a spire on the top of it. So I'm more hating the confusion, but it's associated with the spire on the top of the Four Seasons. And this is a new hate? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that building's been around for a while. <laughs> I know. Well, I just, I've reached a limit. 
You've had enough. I'm, I was going to go chop down this fire. Yeah. <laughs> you, were, you were in need of something to be really annoyed with. So that yeah. was I kind of just realized that it, that they were different buildings. Mm. And I feel foolish all these years. But I don't feel like it's my fault because someone put a spire up on top of the Four Seasons and named the building next door the Spire. Speaking of buildings, I have a question. What is that black building with the green writing? And you drive down Spear, and it's on your, it's uh, you know, towards the downtown. I cannot figure out what the building is. I feel like it was new in the last year. Is that not new? With the green I, writing, I it's don't got like know. Hu- like green block letters, and it's super black. Really? The building? Yeah. Have you not How seen that? I have not it? noticed this. It's pretty tall, is it? Yeah. Which way down? Like, I feel like there's a men, like a like Jacob on the, like it says Jacob, like a guy's name. Right. Well, whoever tweets that I use the word spire incorrectly will also maybe have to tweet what that building is. Yeah, yeah. hashtag. We'll have to go. We'll have <laughs> to yeah, go hashtag to it. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny about saying that. The funny is, I love the word hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my love. Shit. Let's just roll into that. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I love the word hashtag. <laughs> I like to hashtag hashtag. <laughs> what, what's the, do you have a hashtag for the festival yet? Yeah. Yeah, it's creepy. One Ooh. word. Oh, creepy. Yeah, yeah, it's creepy. So yeah, hashtag creepy. us. Love it. Yeah, that's going to be mine. All right. Lyndon, I know you're visiting, but do you have any loves or hates for Denver? I do. Uh, this is only my second time in Denver, but uh, my first time, which was a few years ago, um, I had uh, a sausage, like this sausage, that uh, these sausages that I still think about, and I believe it's Biker Jim's. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is yeah. Biker Jim's. I am super into Biker Jim's. Yes. Um, we should go there today. We should go we there. Should. We gotta um, get to- I, yeah, I haven't had it since 2010, um, but it was, uh, yeah, when I was there for the Denver Film Festival, he had a standout, and I had one of his, and I think I went, I was only in town for 48 hours. I must have eaten, like, there five times. Yeah. yeah. He's got a restaurant now. It he does have a fantastic. restaurant now. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. my love. Yeah. Awesome. It's a good one. So I was going to give some hate, but I decided I'm going to give some love because I just remembered this. Um, CSU Theater Department is staging uh, the Evil Dead um, musical. Oh, super no cool. Way. Yeah, which is, I think it starts on April 11th. If you get on the CSU website, they should have it on their calendar, I'm sure, because it's, it's got a, a kind of a long run. But it's uh, they're doing some really interesting things with it. They're not just uh, involving the theater department. There's some other schools that have also been helping with the with the program or with the uh, project nice that sounds and really cool they're it gonna does. have a splash section i think it's called splash it's either splash, splash, splash or zone yeah splash zone and if you you are um brave enough you can sit in the front because it's going to be tons of fake blood thrown yeah. on you that's fucking amazing yeah 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 and they're doing a blood drive as a <laughs> So there's a lot of uh, cool stuff involved with it, but it seems like an appropriate show You know what would be great is if you donated blood and that blood got thrown back. <laughs> <laughs> that would, I mean, so. aside from the medical and legal yeah. and yeah. horrifying no complications. That, uh, there is a that. CDC in Fort Collins. Blood super soakers. <laughs> Our show's different because you get doused with real blood. Yeah. Your own blood. Yeah. It's like guar. Yeah. All right. That's our love and hate this week. Listeners, share your own love or hate or let us know what you think about the diatribe or our guests by commenting on DenverDiatribe.com or dropping us a line at 720-282-YELL, which is 9355. You can also keep up with our social media shenanigans by connecting with us on Facebook or Twitter. Just search for Denver Diatribe. This week's episode is brought to you by Illegal Pete's. Throughout the month of April, Illegal Pete's is featuring what it calls the Smother Autism Campaign. 
in recognition of Autism Awareness Month. For every smothered burrito you order, Illegal Pete's will donate a dollar to the Joshua School Program in Denver and Boulder. Our theme music is by TJ Miller from his Extended Play EP, and our web hosting is provided by BlueChannel.com. We're signing off this week with Walk On to Tucson by local artist Jeffrey Wentworth Stevens. I'm Vanessa Martinez on behalf of my co-host and our guest. Thanks for listening. Thank you.